0: Ball Control. Welcome back to another edition
1: of Ball Control. Yeah, get that feedback in there. <laughs> Turn it down, that's right. It's like our first day on the radio again. This is Corey DLG, and with me as always is little brother Nico. Hey guys, what's going on? We're, we're hanging out on 104.5, 106.1. Allegedly, they're sister stations. They're alleged. And we are streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. That we are worldwide. Yeah. I don't know why I waited for you there. I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't have anything for you to say. Right. <laughs> just feel like stopping there. How's everybody doing on this wonderful Thursday? So it's a good time. Yeah. 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 We a uh, little little bit of radio magic. We're recording this Wednesday night, and Nico's never seen John Wick.
2: Oh yeah, this is this is a first for me. It's they just they killed his dog, and now he's basically dead.
1: Yeah. He's he's just now understanding how dangerous Keanu Reeves is in the world. Keanu, Keanu
2: Reeves is such a sweetheart, though.
1: Allegedly. He's also John F. and Wick. No, yeah, I understand that. I'm I don't think you do.
2: <laughs> I get it.
1: <laughs> Doesn't seem like it. If not, I'll soon understand. <laughs> That's right, because he'll kill everyone in this movie. Everyone else who speaks his this movie dies. That makes sense. Yeah, except for John Leguizamo. Yeah, that guy's a ledge. He shows up in the second one. Does he die in that one? Uh, no, no, he makes it with the second one. I guess we wow. should say spoilers, I guess. <laughs> the second one's like two years old. <laughs> right. Made $100 million. Best action movie around.
2: <laughs> no one's surprised.
1: Uh, it's been a wild weekend in sports, and then it's, uh, it's also going to be a wild week coming up. This is, this is the moment. This is the moment to capture an own it. Mom's spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. Um, so there's a lot going on. I guess we're going to kind of jump straight into it. First and foremost, there was a there was an MMA fight this weekend. Oh yeah, the important one. This was the big one. This yeah. was the return of Conor McGregor to the ring, the notorious one. Conor McGregor versus Khabib. Khabib. Um, the guy wrestles bears as a child. So like, right.
2: Well, he's he trains really. He trains very differently because if I'm not mistaken, he's he's more of a drag the fight out until everyone else gets tired and I'll just destroy you.
1: Yeah. They well. Yeah. That's kind of a big part of. What they do their their strategy is, is they want to go to the ground and they don't mind just exhausting you. Part of a part of the MMA ground game is like using your body weight against the other person. So if you can get in the control positions and just lay on top of them, in in weird places, they have to it, it, it takes strength for them to get away from you, and so you tire your opponent out. Um, and so that is part of like the strategy of MMA also, aside from also grappling and wanting to just murder the other guy. Yeah. Khabib also just throws people. He just picks them up and just walks away with them.
2: Yeah. So (laughs) as
1: of us taping Wednesday night, there's not been any sanctions yet for Khabib or Conor McGregor. So they haven't said yet what's going to happen. Um, and for those who don't know, basically uh, Khabib went over the ring, uh, to fight one of. McGregor's buddies after the fight. Khabib won in the third round. Good for him. Um, Khabib went over to the side of the ring, though, to fight another guy. And McGregor uh, looked like he was going to go over to help, and people stopped him. And when he looked up, part of Khabib's ring crew was next to him on the top of the cage, so he punched him in the face. Then he got pulled down into the cage by, like, UFC security. But then two of Khabib's fight camp crew jumped into the ring and started attacking Conor McGregor. Oh, Lord. So it's like five strikes against Khabib and his crew and, like, one strike against McGregor. Right. So. But, I mean, if
2: you want to be, like, oh, instigator, then it's obviously Khabib. This time, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you want to be, like, Conor McGregor, but Khabib has a, has a reputation for not letting things get under his skin and then now this is, this is happening. Well,
1: so apparently they went, they went after both his... Uh, Religion and also his country of origin, they were calling him a like a a Russian Muslim rat or something like that. Mm. They were unhappy they were very unhappy with him, and so they're yelling at him all kinds of craziness um but realistically, I'm not sure
2: but I mean that's, that's I don't know a- what the
1: re- end result's gonna be of all this right um because it was it is a big deal it's an incredible deal it basically caused a riot in Vegas there were fights breaking out between the fan bases um There's all kinds of videos of security getting involved in fights. There's all kinds of videos of people getting knocked out. All kinds of videos of people just acting a fool. Um, Vegas, one one
2: person does it.
1: Vegas became a very crazy place Saturday night. Um, (laughs) more so than usual. Way more so. Like, like if it's usually a nine today, it was like Saturday. It was like a fifteen. Like it was a big deal. Um, all said and done, I don't know who. I don't know who they. I don't know how they settled this. Like, I don't know what the punishment would be that would fit what's going on. So Khabib has an interim title. Although now that he's fought Conor McGregor, I guess technically it's legit. I guess it is the title. Um, They're talking about maybe suspending Khabib or maybe taking the title from him and then making two other guys fight for it, and then Khabib can fight one of them for it after the fact. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's the right way to do that. I don't know. Strip him of his his now official title belt. Yeah, and I don't I don't know. I don't think that that's the right move. Um, I think you suspend him. I, no, you know what? You know what? Honestly, you know what you do? You fine him. You fine him big time. Yeah. So it's, supposed, it's a $2 million purse that he's supposed to be getting. And the Nevada Athletic State Commission already told uh, Dana White to withhold payment to both of them. So... Yeah, I mean, that makes
2: sense. I w- that's the only thing I would. I think that's also the logical step there.
1: That's a lot of money to lose,
2: right? Yeah, that's your whole. You, you just that whole fight you've been training for is not worthless, right? Because
1: you acted a darn fool, and then McGregor. I think I think you, you penalize him half.
2: Yeah, and, and to be fair, the only one that actually did anything was him. Like the thing about Khabib is that his entire fight crew is involved. Now.
1: Well, and that's the other thing is like so the other guys. I think you you, they don't they don't get to be in the UFC anymore, right? I mean, yeah, because I don't think they're important enough yet to be like affecting the outcomes of things like Khabib. If you got rid of him right now, like let's say you fired him right now, you you, that title, the title, he's one of the best fighters in the world. And you would then spend the next 10 years in this division going, yeah, they're the best, but have they fought Khabib? And Khabib will be at some other fight group undefeated, beating all these people up, but never getting to fight the best people because they're over here at UFC.
2: Yeah, that, that's the other thing. You can't really, like, the fight crews you can see banning them because they don't necessarily mean anything.
1: Well, a lot of these guys are very young, so they're just starting out in their careers. So it doesn't hurt anything to be like, buh-bye. Right, yeah. Buh-bye. It's not going to stop them. Um, and even then, you could just do it for, like, a, two years. Right. Two-year ban. You'll be 25. Go get your chops somewhere else. Maybe if, maybe if I want you back, we can come back to something.
2: Right. But if not, if you're
1: going to act a the fool, then... Right. Prepare the consequences, my boys. Right. And that is part of it is, this so stupid. Right. It's so stupid. Martial arts is a lot about respect and a lot about self-control. And as soon as could be one, he threw his mouthpiece at McGregor's corner. So, it was pretty obvious that he already came up heated and just angry about the whole thing. Right. So, to me... To be fair, with reason, McGregor was a fool. But McGregor... So McGregor always talks stuff before a fight. But that's his job. He's a fight. No, he's I'm a talking promoter. More, I'm talking more about the, the guy on the outside? No, yeah. no, the guy on the outside I think happens after this. But when as no. soon as as soon as the fight is over. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about
2: it wasn't originally he had uh, thrown like a chair through a bus window and
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah, 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 Yes.
2: So there's there is some some pretense to this. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of animosity between the two two groups, no doubt. And the reason that happened was Khabib and his guys either got in a fight or they threatened one of McGregor's buddies. So McGregor flew in. And he flew him and his posse private plane to go to Vegas and throw chairs at people. Right. Got so himself arrested. Got himself arrested. Got, had to deal with some issues there. Big old kerfuffle. I think there's some people who still have lawsuits within UFC against him, honestly. I don't know how that's going to be resolved.
2: So who knows what could happen at this point. Right. And it is.
1: It's just kind of a crazy mess. I think what they wind up doing, though, is they just don't get paid for the fight.
2: I could see that happening. I don't think McGregor really carries with his millions of dollars.
1: Allegedly, I don't know that he. I don't. I don't know that he still has the kind of money he thinks he has. Maybe he doesn't. He just launched a whiskey label. Like I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. He's, he's bleeding money right now. I think so. I think he's spending all kinds of money.
2: Yeah, maybe, but how much you get paid for the Mayweather fight in one day?
1: Fifty million dollars, I believe. Right, like that's not going to go away in one day. No, but it's been <laughs> it's been over a year since he fought. That's true. That's also fair. Three hundred sixty-five days. That's how you spend fifty million dollars. Uh. Okay, so uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on. The Astros won their first round of the playoffs. They now go to the ALCS, and uh, they'll be playing the Red Sox, who have been whipping up on the Yankees all week. Also,
2: they completely. That last game, man, twenty to four at home. There was
1: a sixteen to one loss earlier in the series. Uh, like this is brutal. It was brutal, but also more importantly. The Yankees don't have pitching. What are they going to do? So, it's real bad, gonna? real fast. Their best guy, CC Sabathia, they only want him to go about 5 innings cuz he once over that he he starts to run. He's old. He runs out of gas. He gets tired and then he can't keep going. Um they just don't have it. They just don't have it. And so it's going to be the Astros and now um now Bregman can be happy cuz he's been complaining rightfully so. We said this Last week the Astros weren't on prime time right. at all. For and some now, reason. Now they get to be on prime time. It's gonna be Saturday night, uh I believe I saw seven thirty. I'm gonna double check that real quick before anybody gets mad at me. Yeah, Saturday night, seven oh nine PM Central. We're gonna be in Boston. That's such a weird time. <laughs> seven oh nine? Yeah. I think I think they're like exact, like that's when first pitch happens. I think like oh the national Hold anthem, up. the Jets fly over, Fox runs some commercials and then and then, bam. And then baseball. Seven o nine. Seven o nine p.m. Central, and so that'll be the beginning of the series. I'm gonna go ahead and predict it because by the time we come back, the series should be either over or close to over because it's a seven game series. I'm just gonna go ahead and let you know. I think the Astros win very efficiently. Five games.
2: That's fair. They got to win
1: four out of seven. I think it goes five games. Uh, the Astros just have some of the best pitching in baseball right now, and I just I don't understand. I don't understand why they're making the other guys even play the games. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's quite the aggressive stance there. <laughs> that's, that's my feeling on it. Uh, also, as we get out of here right before the break, I just want to point out Dallas Cowboys lost. Houston Texans won.
2: That's right, boys. We did it. That's we right. We didn't lose it, this game, boys. It took
1: overtime, and it took – this is the first time we've won back-to-back games in, I think, three years. Nice. It's not good. We're still trying to get to that level of consistent football. But well, I mean, uh, this
2: is a crazy week for the NFL. We'll get into that a little bit later. There, yeah,
1: there were a lot of overtime games. You're right. It was it was definitely a weird week. And then it's a big week this week. I feel like I think there's a lot of do or die games on the schedule this week. We'll go no, not all that. Uh, we're gonna jump out to a break when we come back. It's more ball control.
0: Ball control. Ball Control. Welcome back to Ball Control. This
1: is Corey DLG. With me, as always, His little brother, Nico. Yep, yep. And we are hanging out on 104.5, 106.1. And we are also streaming on IRLoneStar.com. We're just hanging out in Conroe. We are the greatest sports show that you're listening to right now. It's true. It's probably true. It's true. I feel pretty good about it. I do too. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue with it. <laughs> Why not? Um, yeah. So basically, it's uh, it's been an interesting weekend. We kind of covered it a little bit, and then before we get too far into what's coming up, what you need to know right now. Uh, first of all, I want to give a big shout out to our sponsors, RNA Sports, 3501 North Fraser. Right there, they got a uh, they got a watch party coming up this weekend with Steve Francis and Robert Reed. That's gonna be October 12th. Yes. And um, and then also the Astros hats are in, the ones that say Chasing History. Those just came in. So he wants people to come up there and buy them because they're awesome. So if you're trying to get your Astros playoff gear, that's the guy to go see. He's still got a few Kate Upton sweaters. He is the only one, aside from the actual Astros store itself in Minute Maid Park, that has the Kate Upton sweaters. That's 3501 North Fraser. RNA Sports. They're the place to go. Anyway... um, so we just we just got done with the Indians. We swept them. It was a pretty fun little beat down of the Indians. I think cumulatively we outscored them like forty to th- seven. Like it was like <laughs> not
2: even close. It's not, not a good sign. There was
1: one game that was close, and the other two were just rough, real real rough. Um, <laughs> uh, so back in May though, one of the Cleveland Indian pitchers by the name of Mike Clevenger. He's, he wound up regretting these words pretty severely. But he was asked the question. The Astros were the defending world champs at this point. they just won the previous season. and They brought back everybody and they added more people. Okay? And somebody was like, hey, you know, how do you feel about the defending world champs season Astros? His comment was that the pitchers, even though they might have a stacked roster, the pitchers are not that special. Regret. 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 It's now a shirt. It says, not that special. <laughs> and it has Alex Bregman on it.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, what a time to be alive.
1: I love that we've now moved over like into chippy sport fan. I like it. Uh, last, last season during the NBA playoffs, there were a lot of guys who were coming out of nowhere in Boston. And Boston jumped on the t-shirt bandwagon immediately. There was a guy by the name of Jason... Uh, I don't think it's Jason Terry because Jason Terry's an old NBA player. But the last name was Terry. So they started calling him Scary Terry. And then um, also there was a guy that with uh, uh, the last name of Bledsoe. And there's a famously a quarterback from New England, Drew Bledsoe. So they started making shirts with like, like the Bledsoe jersey on a basketball player. Then they made one that was Scary Terry. And he had like the Jason Voorhees mask and then the knife. Like it was awesome. it was great stuff. It was really exciting and um i'm I'm glad we're now at that level where now we make chippy like we make fun t-shirts. yeah, we're now making the fun t-shirts like this is this is the level of sport that we need it to be at at all times and it took us winning a World Series to get there right but now we're there and now we're in it and now our weird creative sports fans are in it. Right, now they're ready. And now they're making funny shirts. I love it. Like, I love every bit of that. That, to me, you can't get enough of. And uh, I just love the idea that now all of a sudden we're going to start getting... Like, because of all the sports, baseball is the gentleman's sport, you know?
2: Right, yeah. And so... Like, they have special gentlemanly rules.
1: Yes, they do. They do, unfortunately, and they're stupid. I hate them. I hate the gentlemanly rules, but they do have them.
2: Right, like, should it be... Should you take every opportunity to defeat your opponent, probably.
1: But should you be a gentleman? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) obviously, duh. Yeah, it's uh, Terry Rozier was for the uh, for the Celtics last year, and they're calling him Scary Terry on defense. It was great. It was fantastic. In season with the uh, Spooktober theme, right? Exactly, and so like it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Anyway, um, so we're coming into this Boston series. Uh, I think we're gonna. I I think we're gonna win in five. I think our pitching is just – there's nobody pitching at a higher level right now, and Boston, the bats obviously came alive for them in, in the Yankee series, mm-hmm. scoring a lot of runs.
2: But their pitching was bad. So. <laughs> well, they're
1: not, they're, they're not bad, they're, but yeah, it's yeah. not comparable. It's, it's not the same, exactly. If you, if you were to say their three versus our three, you take all three of ours, like there's not a pitching matchup where you go, well, that guy is better. So I think that that's pretty relevant. That's how it works in playoff baseball plus we can move into our bullpen and our bullpen's pretty strong. We got the guy who everyone was upset, uh Osuna. Everybody was mad because he may or may not have beat his girlfriend or wife in Canada. Um and so anyway, those charges got dropped. He's on a year of probation. Mm. It's a weird thing they call it in uh in Canada. It's called a writ of peace. A writ of peace. He's on a, he's on a he's made a writ of peace with Canada and he's agreed to not face any more criminal charges for a year and if he does this comes back. Hmm. Um, but all that being said, the play, the baseball playoffs have been really weird in the sense that it's been a lot of, like, I don't – there haven't been, like, in, no – there's been no back and forth. There's it's not – just been blowout after just, blowout. Yeah. Uh, sweep, sweep, sweep. Uh, the Yankees – I think the Yankees might have won one of the games in the Boston series, but, uh, I mean, it's just been – none of the – so right now it's the Brewers, Dodgers. The Brewers and Dodgers are playing. We're playing the Red Sox. Those are the two division series in the Winners Play and the World Series. Um, everybody like The Brewers have been on fire, on fire. They're a good team. We're probably going to wind up facing them. The Dodgers are who we played last year, though. All right. Um, I think the Dodgers got a little bit worse because they lost one of their starters, uh, starting pitchers. They didn't really replace them. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't know who's we'll, going to come out of that series. We'll see if
2: it's going to be a grudge match or a new match. What
1: I would love, I would love for them to go seven games, and we're done in five, and we're sitting back watching them. Just get it, We just get a couple days off. That's not too much that it turns rusty, but we just sit around for like three or four days and watch them play hard baseball. Right. Then they have to fly here, and then we beat them. Like, that's what I want. That's how I want it to go. Get those mind games going. Get, get it started early where they feel like behind. Right, and then they're struggling with stuff. I think that's the, I think that's the real key to this. Um, so I saw a cool little headline. I want to get the details right here as as, as, I, as I pull it up. Uh, the Watt brothers of football, as we shift gears, are in the middle of a sack race, and I don't mean at the company picnic. Oh. Um, so T.J. Watt is starting for the Steelers. And he's an outside linebacker, but they play a three-four, so he rushes a lot. Um. So they they've just been talking about how back and forth they've been going back and forth. JJ, where's give me the numbers here? He had three sacks in week three, and then in week four, TJ had three sacks. Ooh. Yeah, so they they've been going like back and forth. They're getting really competitive.
2: That's always a that's always a fun time. I know, right?
1: Um. they're going back and forth today he got a second afc player of the week or whatever but i mean i got player of the month last month jj said so i think that's a little cooler
2: (laughs) good for him don't you just love a little sibling rivalry
1: uh i know i do because i'm better at you than everything oh that's an aggressive stance so i know it doesn't bother me say that to my hero clicks record you scrub (laughs) (laughs) i'll let you have that i'll let you have the little stuff Um, but so i think it's kind of funny i think it's interesting i think there's a third watt brother uh, that's in college right now. <laughs> There's another one. That's just all monsters. Yeah. Uh, and so I think there will be – nobody really thought T.J. Watt was going to be – As good as he is? Not as, They didn't – I don't think they thought starter, but the Pittsburgh Steelers were kind of depleted at linebacker last year, his rookie year, and so he came in and in his very first game had a sack, a strip fumble, and an interception. Wow. That's and, a pretty good start. That's a pretty s- good first game. And so basically they were kind of like, all right, well, I guess we'll ride this out, and then when you start to kind of taper off – We'll pull you, and it never really – like. <laughs> uh, a lot of times the rookies have – rookies will have bursts, you know, three or four games where they play ex- really well. But it's hard to be consistent in the beginning because it's it's a physical thing for 17 weeks. It's over four months. College football, while it does span a similar length of time, there's fewer games. Right. A lot more rest, a lot less going on. Uh, the NFL, there's one thing you focus on, and it's football, and it's all football all the time. And it gets it's a mental grind aside from the, the incredible physical – right situation that you put yourself through um and so all that being said you know a lot of times rookies taper off a little bit well tj watt never i mean he didn't have a strip sack fumble interception in every every game game. but he finished the year good good numbers and was contributing to the defense and they don't have enough people frankly to replace him right like they can't just turn around and be like you're out next guy in so they've been sort of stacking it and running around and trying to figure everything out, but um, they're I mean they're struggling right now too. We're going to get into that next time. Next time we're going to talk about NFL and we might do that the last time. We'll probably do that the last segment because uh, I want to do the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 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 time, bruh. It's time. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening. I'm so stoked. I think the I think the season kicks off this week. I think it might have kicked off today. Oh,
2: was he not prepared?
1: Now that I've said that, I I know the Rockets start next week. Yeah, Golden State and the no, that's preseason. Okay, cool. Ha, ha cool, so you've cool. been proven wrong. I, I'm ex- I'm happy. I'm glad. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's tomorrow, Thursday the 11th, or you're hearing right now. There you go. Um, uh, tonight I think is the NBA regular season debut.
2: There we go, boys. This is this is the beginning of Corey's favorite sport.
1: I man, I love me. So, I I just I really do.
2: We don't like to play favorites, except we do. <laughs> yeah, I play favorites.
1: <laughs> I'm not above it. Uh oh, it's next week, Tuesday, October 16th. Okay, cool. All right, so we have some time. Before we're going to talk about it though, because we won't we won't be back on the air before. fairness. Right, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, Tuesday, October 16th is going to be the tip off for the NBA regular season. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. How much time we got? We got like 30 seconds. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, shout out to RNA Sports. Thanks for listening. We're going to be right back. When we come back, we're going to cover the NBA.
0: This is Ball Control. Ball Control. Ball Control.
1: Welcome back, Conroe, to Ball Control. This is Corey DLG, and with me as typically is my little brother, Nico. That is me. And we are hanging out on 104.5, 106.1, and we are streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Check out the Facebook page. It's Ball Control Podcast. Uh, And then Ball Control 3.0. Is ball
2: it? Control, at Ball Control 3 on Twitter.
1: All right, there you go, at Ball Control 3. That's the Twitter handle. Handle. Anyway, the NBA season kicks off next Tuesday. We won't be back until it comes on, so we're going to talk about it. I love basketball. I love the NBA. This is where – This is where – this is – you're ready. This is, this is the sport that is so far ahead of the curve as far as how they structure rosters, how they pay people, how they handle the fact that there are superstars. They they still use things like a salary cap, but they use a soft cap. Um, and the game evolves and changes all the time, and they just move on. Like, nobody... Right, no one bats an eye. No one bats an eye. Like, there's still teams trying to do it the old way, and they're just left behind, and there's teams doing it the new way, and they're... They're there. They're there. There they are. And that's the coolest thing about the NBA is that they just... They just... They try... And they're So, the Phoenix Suns one year... They didn't have a traditional roster. The tallest guy on their team was Amari Stoudemire, who was like 6'10", but a rookie. And Other than that, they didn't have centers, basically. and But they had a ton of wing players, athletic wing players, and they had a ton of guards. And they had just signed Steve Nash. And Mike D'Antoni, who's an offensive-minded coach, basically said, Okay, all we're going to do then is sprint. We're just going to sprint. The whole time. So he his idea was he designed an offense that they would shoot a three in eight seconds or less. Oh, wow. So, there was going to be a shot within eight seconds or less. The NBA tends to, the 24-second shot clock, depending on where you shoot on the court and your situation in the clock, they grade shots. Like, internally, a team will grade it. Fair and enough. the later in the clock you get, the wilder your shot's allowed to be, essentially. That makes um, sense. But they want you to get a good shot, and they, they don't want it early, though. They essentially say the first 12 seconds, let's set up our offense. Um... That's not what Phoenix said. Phoenix said as soon as we get handed the ball by the ref to inbound at the other end, let's get our butts up the court and let's make some offense happen. Don't let the defense get set. Line up where we need to be. Everybody has a spot. Get to your spot and wait for the ball. And eight seconds or less. I think they wound be even doing an ESPN 30 for 30 about it, about Mike D'Antoni's offense and how it's worked in other places and stuff. Um, it's, a, it's just a, a hyper-aggressive NBA offense. Right, and Um, they have the
2: possibility to build teams like that.
1: Well, and so you fast-forward 10 years, and Golden State Warriors win the championship, and the team is built essentially on that model of hyper-offense. Now, they play defense. They play great defense, the Golden State Warriors do. Uh, But they are Uh, hyper-offensive-minded. Steph Curry can shoot from anywhere on the court at any time, no issues. Right. And there's not a problem. They're just like, go ahead, shoot. Uh, and so that's what he, that's what they do. They just, they just shoot anytime, anywhere on the court. Good for them. And Steph Curry has like permanent green light. Coach doesn't even look at him weird now when he shoots. He's just like, okay, well, he's fine. All right, All yeah, right. fine. Yeah, it's yeah, one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, so the NBA starts again, and there's already some interesting stuff that's happened. The Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, the NBA is about, winning is about collecting talent. Okay? You need to have as many talented players on your team as possible.
2: All right. You want to, uh, you want to hit that talent cap.
1: Right. And uh, that's kind of another thing to say out loud, but the NFL isn't necessarily that way. Like the best player available, if he's a free agent, not every team's going to go for him if he's got character issues or if he's got this or he's got that. But in the NBA, it's not how it works. If he can bowl, he, he's coming to the team. <laughs> he's on the team. That's right.
2: It's the ultimate thing of
1: merit. It is. The NBA has one skill set they evaluate, and it's balling. If you ball, then you're on the team. That's all they, That's all they care about. And they prove it time and time and time and time and time again. They will give lots of money to crazy people. They will give lots of money to bad people. They give lots of money to terrible people. They will give lots of money to good people as long as they can hoop. And so the NBA in that that one instance is the ultimate meritocracy. We talk about sports being merit-based. The NBA is super merit-based. That's the
2: only thing that's relevant.
1: Right, exactly. They don't evaluate anything else because some of these people are just huge jerks. And you're like, how could they— why do they tolerate it? It's like, oh, because he averages a triple-double. That's why. And you're like, oh. Yeah. yeah, okay, that's why. LeBron James, for as much as I love him, uh, he's like he, he tells the team what he wants them to do. He's a little bit of a jerk in that regard. Uh, he tells them, hey, we need to acquire better talent. Hey, we need better shooters. Hey, we need better defenders. We need to get better guys, blah, blah, blah. He tells them who he wants to play with. And they make it happen because LeBron James is the GOAT. Right, yeah. He's Um, the best player. (laughs) Right. So, okay, the best player wants more help. Let's get him more help. So the Minnesota Timberwolves have Jimmy Butler, who is probably the writers and the NBA people. They seem to think that he's like a top. They're treating him like a top 12 to top 15. I don't think he's in that group. I I think he's 25 to 30. 25 to 35.
2: You think he's up there, but he's not like up up there. Right,
1: and they're acting like he's up up there. Anyway, uh, he doesn't want to play for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Doesn't want to be teammates with his teammates. He doesn't like his teammates. He thinks they're soft. They're they're new age millennial types. And while he is young, he's a grinder. He's tough. He's hardcore. He's about going in there at five a.m. and doing the work. And he couldn't care less about these kids and their weirdness. He doesn't Fair want enough. anything to do with it. Uh, he wants off these teams. He thinks they're soft. He thinks they're not. I think you're he So he's he's flat out said I don't want to play with these guys. I don't want to play with these guys. Well, they haven't been able to trade him yet, and this was the first official practice to get ready for the season. Was the other day. So he came to practice. Uh, At practice, he said, let's have a scrimmage. And he took the third stringers, and he whipped the Minnesota starting lineup. Whipped them. Oh, no. And the whole time he's talking trash. He's asking why these guys are on the team. He's yelling at the general manager whose office is up and above the court. Like, he's just... He's just, he's just letting everybody know, I'm Jimmy Butler, and I'm better than all of you, and I don't need to be here. Um, I kind of like it. it. I mean, that's a stance you can take now. I kind of like it. It's, a li- it's it's hyper-aggressive. I don't like the diva-ish of it, but I like the fact that he's walking in and telling everybody, listen, I'm better than these guys, and I can take worse talent and do better than right. your your talented, millennial, soft guys. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with these guys. Get out of here. Right. I do like it. I love that. I love that a lot. But the team has already signed and invested in those other two guys. They're not going anywhere, which means Jimmy Butler is the guy who's going to go.
2: That's the guy.
1: Yeah, that's what's going to happen there. He's gone. Uh, the Rockets have an opportunity to trade for him right now, but they, the package that, that they're supposed to be giving up, they don't want to give it up. Right. Um, they're just not interested in it. It's uh, it's P.J. Tucker. It's Eric Gordon in a second-round pick, I believe. Or And that's apparently too much to give up. I'm not 100% on that. I don't know how I feel because... Um, I don't, I'm, Jimmy Butler plays good defense, right? So PJ Tucker is replaceable in that instance and he's offense. So Eric Gordon is replaceable in that instance and a second round draft pick Daryl Morey trades those all the time. Right. Um, so in that evaluation, I'm okay with it. Now we already have a lot of egos on this team. Right. It might not be the best move to bring them in, but <laughs> maybe for, not, but for what they're asking, I wouldn't have a problem with what they're asking. Now, if we just don't want Jimmy Butler, that's one thing. But if we want Jimmy Butler, but we think this is too much to give up, I completely disagree. I don't think this is I don't think this is fine. Like I, I would be, okay. don't yeah, worry about it. Let's me. give this up. Um all that being said, uh, there's some other cool stuff going on. Uh, well not not good for the Celtics. Gordon Hayward who last year, opening game of the season, Celtics versus Cavaliers, had a horrific leg injury, missed the rest of the year, broke his tibia, dislocated his ankle about five minutes into the game.
2: Oh, no. His leg just
1: exploded. And he was the free agent signing. He was the big get. He was the $80 million man, and then his foot was dangling. (laughs) Uh, So he's rehabbed. He's healthy. He's ready to go. He's about to come back. Uh, He's been playing some preseason minutes, and now all of a sudden he's dealing with soreness in his back. Oh no. So he's expected to play. Um,
2: hopefully the soreness in his back won't But let here's him the
1: thing here's the thing about a soreness in your back. When your back starts bothering you, you start doing things, you start moving differently, you start acting differently, you start coordinating differently. And that overcompensation to avoid pain creates more injuries. This is it's true. It's a cascading ripple effect. And if Gordon Hayward is gonna start at the second season, of his career in Boston, dealing with another injury issue, I think he's gonna. That might be a problem for him. Is that gonna because be for him? I don't, nah, I don't know. No, it's too much money. But here's the thing Fair about enough. here's the thing about Boston. They're loaded. So Gordon Hayward played five minutes last year. Kyrie Irving played two thirds of the season. Then they he had to sit down with a knee injury. They had to operate on him. He didn't make it back. Without Kyrie Irving, without Gordon Hayward. Boston went two rounds in the playoffs and pushed the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, that's a
2: that's a pretty good shot,
1: right? So now they're supposed to be getting back their two best players. Oh, okay. Right. Um. So this the this, the writing on the wall is the Celtics are probably the team to beat in the East. But maybe not. Maybe not. Not if Gordon Hayward starts off the season dealing with back problems. It, it
2: all depends on how this kind of sorts itself out because if it, if it's just a, a minor thing and it's not anything serious, then I think it is. But, again, this is all depending on this injury, if it's a true injury or not. Right.
1: He might be the guy left out. Like, he might be the guy who next year they're like, yeah, Gordon Hayward plays like 10 minutes. Right, yeah. You well, know? I mean,
2: he's um, in two years he'd played, what, two games and, like, not even the whole games. He hasn't even.
1: I mean, he's played one game so far. Right. He's played one game for the Boston Celtics uh, and got a, got a lot of money last year. Um and uh, you know that's not you can't control getting hurt. that's the plan right right yeah. Pfft, man you can't control getting hurt and you can't control especially that horrific kind of injury but right yeah it's not it's, like it's not like he was planning on it right i'm sure this isn't what he wants but if, if the team continues if if the trajectory continues for all these guys on the team there's no place for him right he can't be hurt and then command minutes so then he's got to sit and wait and heal up and then when he's healthy He's got to get minutes back from everyone else. Right, yeah. And at that point, they would have caught up to him. Right, and that's going to be the hard part. That's going to be the hard part is whose minutes do you take at that point if everyone continues their progression from last year? Right. Uh, now, if somebody else is falling off while he's getting up, then okay. Then you're, it's, that's, that's it a little solves bit, itself.
2: That's a little bit different. Uh,
1: So that's a little interesting. Also, Joel Embiid, uh, he was the sneaker free agent. This is the other thing I love about the NBA. They have sneaker-free agents. Good for them. So everyone knows when guys' shoe deals are up in the NBA because it's the big deal. So Joel Embiid was courted by Puma, by his old team, Adidas, Nike, all kinds of other folk. Uh, he He wound up signing the most expensive deal ever for the history of big men in the league. They've always said big men can't sell shoes. So they haven't released the official numbers yet. But Joel Embiid signed with Under Armour. And it is the largest contract, it's largest shoe deal for a big man in the history of the NBA. Good for him. Um, Adidas, this is how you know it's a big deal. Adidas' old group had 10 days to match. They informed him the day after he signed it, they won't match it. <laughs> That's how you know it's so much money. They had 10 days to think about it, and they said, no, nah, we're good. We're good. That's too much money. You can have
2: them. <laughs> right. there. are like, uh.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Uh, how much? No, we're good. Don't worry about it. They had 10 days to think about it. They took literally one night, and they said, we're good. Uh, with that, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, we're going to go over the NFL schedule for this week. We're, we got some do or dies we're going to circle because the season is getting into full effect now, and it's time to start winning games. It's looking weird. Yeah, it is looking. You're right. It is looking very weird in the NFL. So with that, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, we're going to have more ball control.
0: Ball control. Ball Control. Welcome back, Conroe, to Ball Control. Ball Control.
1: This is Corey DLG, and with me, as uh, typical, is Little Brother Nico. That is me. And we are on, you are hearing us right now on 104.5, 106.1, or streaming worldwide at IRLMstar.com. Check us out at facebook.com/backslash ball control podcast. You can tweet us at ball control3. Um, also, you can always check out the home webpage, nerdthugradio.com. This is obviously the spinoff. Um, yeah, man. So, shout out to RNA Sports, 3501 North Fraser Street. Go by there to get you all your Astros, playoff paraphernalia, and gear. They got all kinds of signings. They got events coming. Uh, this weekend, there will be the Houston Rockets Watch Party, October 12th, with. Steve, the Franchise Francis, mm-hmm. and Robert Reed. There will be opportunities to get autographs and all sorts of things. Come say hello to his little friend. Uh RNA Sports. Go there. Do that. All right, man. It's week six, bro. This is a big one. It's week six. dun 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 That was the NFL. I know you don't know that. What am I doing? Right. You don't know that. Uh, It's week six, and this is around the time you start to know who teams are. You start to be able to expect what they're going to do for the season. You've seen them play enough. They've been dealing with however they're going to deal with things. You now know who they are, usually. Usually. That's not the case this time. This one's weird. This is a weird season. This is very weird. Um... I'm starting to think that the lack of a real preseason. I mean, they do the four games, but they don't have a lot of practice time now. Right. So I feel like the first couple games of the season, the teams are still kind of ironing everything out, and then they move into, from there, into like, quote-unquote, real football. So I think it might push everything back. I think Week 8 might be the new Week 6, if Orange is the new Black. You think so? I think so. That's my personal thought. But we're looking at Week 6 here. Tonight on on Fox NFL Network at 7:20 p.m. there is the Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants. They're a train wreck. And I mean both of these teams. Both <laughs> of these teams are a mess for different reasons. The Giants are a mess because they keep losing and Odell Beckham can't stop talking to the media. And he doesn't say anything. <sighs> He's not helpful, but he's not hurtful. Right. He's, he's just—he's he, not
2: ending anyone's career here. He,
1: he's just making everything worse. Right. Good and, for him. And that's not the way to do it. They gave him a guaranteed eighty million dollars this offseason. season. Uh, what he needs to be doing is leading. He needs to be the guy in the media going, "Listen, we're we're just a couple plays away from being exactly where we want to be. Nothing. The the uh, the NFC South is a mess. So th- realistically, they're okay. The NFC East, I suppose. Yeah, the NFC East. Um, the Giants, the Cowboys, the Redskins, they all have lost a lot. The Eagles are really only one game back of the Redskins and the Redskins aren't great either. The whole thing is a mess. <laughs> Everything so, is so strange. If one of them could just start winning games with any kind of consistency, we'd be somewhere. They'd, they'd be, they'd be in charge of their division. Uh, so Philadelphia, they can't run this year and, uh, they just lost, uh, uh AJ Ajay. Um, he's gone. He, gone. he uh, hurt the knee, tore the knee, so yeah. he's done for the year.
2: All right, yeah, that's typically what that means.
1: And he was playing with a cracked vertebrae. Uh, he was, whoa. yeah. Um, apparently I, that the deal has was to do, like
2: irreparable damage.
1: No, apparently where it was cracked isn't an issue, and they were either trying, they were trying to get it to either break so they could fix it or just heal. So they were like, you just kind of have to play through it. But I guarantee you, he feels that. Like, there's no way you don't feel it. Right. Um. So Philadelphia, though, I mean they got Carson Wentz back. He's looking pretty good. The the Giants are just a mess. Eli Manning, I don't man, I don't know man. The right now, uh, Odell Beckham has the longest touchdown for the Giants this season. He threw the longest touchdown, threw it to Saquon Barkley.
2: Just launch it.
1: Yeah, they did a little trick play. Um, Tampa Bay is going to be at Atlanta. Atlanta's been miserable. They're just bad. There's, I don't I don't know what to. The, from the Super Bowl two years ago to now, it is such a drastic change for those guys. This is a huge um, change. Pittsburgh's at Cincinnati. If you were betting, you would say Cincinnati, but Pittsburgh.
2: I feel like they pulled themselves out of a little bit of a rut.
1: A little bit, right? Like you feel like you can almost start saying that they're okay again, but they've looked so bad. But I don't know. Like it's it's real tough to say. I'm going to say Pittsburgh wins that game. Because Cincinnati has a habit of just breaking hearts.
2: <laughs> That's
1: just their thing? That is just their thing. Is like you think you're in it and then you're not. Uh, the Chargers are at Cleveland. I think Cleveland wins. I think they finally figure out how to win a game in regulation.
2: Right. They, they've, they've done it like what, twice now?
1: <laughs> twice in overtime.
2: <laughs> That's how you do it, boys.
1: Them and us both have won two games in overtime in a row. Seattle's going to be at Oakland. I don't know. You don't think? I don't think so. I think Seattle wins.
2: That's all. That's kind of an interesting position to put yourself in.
1: But Oakland, <sighs> Oakland just turns the ball over too much. They're just
2: gonna throw it down.
1: They just so last week they was first and goal, and Derek Carr just throws just a dead on dart right at the other team. <laughs> just he just gives it away. He just, just
2: just throw it away. I don't know what this ball is. You can have it, dude. Right. I don't Even want it anyways. It's exactly
1: what happens. He just pegs the other guy with it. Um, Chicago's going to be at Miami. I think Miami wins. I don't know why, though. They looked terrible against New England last week. But I'm going to say Chicago. I'm just going to say it
2: anyways. I think
1: so. I think Miami wins. Um, Put it this way. If Chicago wins, then they're doing everything they need to do. Right. Because that's a win on the road across the country. That's one of the harder travel games to win. Um, Arizona's going to be at Minnesota. Minnesota wins. That's a get-right game for them. They're going to start feeling better about themselves. Good for them. The Colts are going to be playing at the Jets. It doesn't matter, I think. I think both of these teams are trending down. I don't think they're good teams. Uh, Carolina at the Redskins.
2: <sighs> it's hard to say.
1: Yeah. Carolina should win, and but it's on the road in Washington. I don't know. I'm going to say Carolina, but it's not going to be a fun game. Right. Uh, Buffalo at Houston. We've got to win this. We've got to. All right. We have we to we can't lose to. to how bad Buffalo is.
2: We can't we can't beat uh we can't lose to the <laughs> the Browns 2.0.
1: Right. We have to win this game. Uh the Rams are going to be at Denver. This should be a good game. LA Rams at Denver. It should be a good game for two reasons. One, the LA Rams should win and it's a division game and two, no, it's not a division game. Never mind. Uh and two, Case Keenum should look real bad in it. He should look real, real bad, which always makes me happy because I can't stand Case Keenum.
2: <laughs> That's just a personal vendetta.
1: Uh, it's if you if you live in the city of Houston, you should hate Case Keenum. And now, there's a whole group that loves him for no apparent reason. If you live here, you should feel like he owes you the four million dollars he got paid that year. Like he was awful. He was terrible. Uh, Jacksonville's at Dallas. <sighs> if Jacksonville bounces back, if they can make Blake Bortles forget that he's named Blake Bortles, then they win. But if, but if Blake Bortles plays like Blake Bortles, it's not they gonna, lose. It's not going to be great. No. Um, Baltimore is at Tennessee. I really would like Baltimore to win that, but I don't have any kind of real faith to bet on that, but I would <laughs> just like it. Kansas City at New England. This is a potential awesome game. This is the night game. 720 uh, NBC, this is the night game. Everyone needs to be watching this. There's never a reason to bet against New England. Right. I'm going to bet I'm gonna bet against New England, though. Why? I'm going to take Kansas City.
2: You're going to take Kansas City? I'm going to take Kansas City. You're going to take Kansas City? I am. That's San Francisco
1: do. is at Green Bay. It doesn't matter, I don't think. Good uh, for them. Um, Detroit and New Orleans are off this week. New Orleans had such a great game last night, or last uh, Sunday night, against um, the Redskins. And Drew Brees got to break the all-time passing yards record. It was awesome to see. It was a huge moment for him. Um, and so it was a big deal. Uh, interesting thing I kind of want to talk about here for a minute. So we talk about, like, the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And Drew Brees is kind of the guy we keep skipping over from this era. Um, he's It goes Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, as far as all the records go. And then Tom Brady has six Super Bowl rings. Right, so yeah. he's, you know. he's already over one hand in so, rings. So I'm going to go Tom Brady is one. Okay. Right. Uh everyone else is playing for number 2. Drew Brees of all the 5000-yard passing yard seasons in the NFL, I think only 3 of them aren't Drew Brees. Just 3 of them? Only 3 of them. He he is the, he does it more than anybody else. Uh he throws for 5000 yards or more. Um Drew Brees has been healthy every year. Yeah. He plays every year. He consistently – he performs every year regardless of good or bad on the team. There have been some terrible, terrible teams uh, defensively on the Saints. The Saints have had some really bad defensive teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as far as him, they've scored points. For many years, Drew Brees was my go-to guy at quarterback. Uh, I've kind of gotten away from him now just because of age. I'm I'm afraid that the the big hit's coming and then that's it for him. Um, but I mean, he's gotten this far. Thirty nine years old.
2: He's I mean the consistency's there. Oh, absolutely, obvious. absolutely.
1: And he just he just so the story is amazing. Okay, so he's in San Diego and he sucks. He is real bad. Doug Flutie has got one or two years left in his career. They draft Drew Brees to be behind him. Doug Flutie actually I think he leaves. He doesn't even retire. He leaves. They're like, Drew Brees, it's your team. Drew Brees is bad in San Diego for like three years, okay? Bad. So bad, San Diego has the number one overall pick again, and they draft Eli Manning. Hmm. He says, I don't want to go, San Diego. You guys are bad. Y'all are real bad. (laughs) And so he demands that they trade him. He says, listen, I will not sign with San Diego. I will do nothing. I will cycle through and come into next year's draft. I will not play in San Diego.
2: Oh, power move. Right.
1: And he's a Manning. So already Peyton Manning was good, and his dad Archie Manning is like a legend in the NFL—not for being great, but just for being this big figure in the NFL. Um,
2: so he's already got the clout,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. And they're they're standing behind him in every press conference, and he's like, "Look, I ain't doing it." So Philadelphia, or I'm sorry, so San Diego and the Giants swap. The Giants draft Philip Rivers, and then they send him to San Diego, and San Diego sends them Eli Manning. And San Diego gets, like, two more first-round picks out of the deal from the Giants. The Giants lose the trade big time. I mean, listen, Eli Manning wins two Super Bowls, so you're not mad at him. But Philip Rivers plus more first-round picks, when all they did, were they were three picks apart. Right. It was one and it was four, so there shouldn't have been any other. They should have just swapped quarterbacks and moved on. Um, But No, power move. Power move. So the Chargers um, drew—the problem is Philip Rivers doesn't agree to a contract his first offseason. So they trade for him, and he says, look, you traded for me. Technically, you picked at the first spot. I want number one money, not number four money. And it takes them all offseason to figure it out. So he doesn't come into camp ready to play. He misses all training camp. He doesn't come into the season ready to play. Drew Brees has one more year, and Drew Brees lights it up in San Diego. San Diego now has Drew Brees, who had a great year, and Phillip Rivers, who they don't know what they have. They tag Drew Brees for one more year. And they're like, okay, it's a franchise tag. He makes like $10 million. They kind of move. Nope. The, They'll sort it out. Right, we'll figure it out. We got enough money. We can we can have both for one more year. So they keep both for one more year. Drew Brees does it again. In the Pro Bowl, he dives for a loose fumble and just obliterates his shoulder. He comes out of off running off the field with his hand over his head and he can't put it back down. Oh, just no. destroys his shoulder, okay? He has off-season surgery. The Chargers are like, well, we're not going to resign you. Bye-bye, later. Um, he goes to both... Miami and New Orleans both need quarterbacks. Dante Culpepper's coming off a rebuilt knee. Drew Brees is coming off a rebuilt shoulder. They, Dante Culpepper and Drew Brees both want to play for Miami. Miami takes Dante Culpepper instead, so Drew Brees goes to New Orleans. In New Orleans, they just hire a brand new head coach, Sean Payton, and the Texans had the number one pick in the draft, and they chose Mario Williams and Reggie Bush goes to New Orleans. Oh, No. <laughs> And all of a sudden, Drew Brees has this crazy offense with this crazy coach, with this crazy play calling, with these crazy schemes. The hurricane comes through. They play the whole first year on the road. The next year, they're in New Orleans again. They block the first punt by the Atlanta Falcons at the first home game on Monday Night Football. Uh, Gleason does it. He's the guy who now has ALS and has the charities and all that. Mm-hmm. The Saints go on to have a miracle 10-win season. Joe Horn speaks out against the NFL every week. They were trying to make us go to San Antonio. They wanted to get rid of us. And but we're here for the city. We love the city. We're here for these people. New Orleans blows up. Drew Brees is like a god in New Orleans. And it's been 10 years. It's been longer than that. So, like... It's been like 13 years of football in New Orleans now. Right, yeah. And he's just been there. just. just and he is now the all-time passing leader. Right. It, this affects Miami. Nick Saban was the coach at the time. If, if Drew Brees goes there, Nick Saban probably never leaves. Never goes to Alabama to build the world's greatest college football program in the history of mankind. Uh, Phillip Rivers may not have a job if he doesn't hurt his shoulder. Um, like, just crazy after crazy after crazy all-time passing leader. So congratulations to Drew Brees. Uh, it's just amazing how things could have been and right. what how, they almost how were, how different things could have turned out. Right. Dante Culper could have been a saint. That would have been a tragedy. That would have been terrible. All right. With that, we're going to get out of here. Thank you everybody for listening. I know we're up against the clock. It's one of This is ball control, facebook.com backslash ball control, ball control three on Twitter, ball control podcast on Facebook, uh, or www.notnerdthugradio.com. Uh, Thanks guys, shout out to RNA Sports. Everyone have a great week. We'll
0: see you next week. Ball control.